Hey, Andrew Hines here, and I just wanted to take a moment to talk about today's episode, which features Jeff Weibo. Jeff is a really incredible realtor who just seems to have this brand presence that's absolutely everywhere, and he focuses on investors. And I thought that would be really, really cool to bring him on the show because he's an investor himself. And if there's one thing this guy knows how to do, it's how to brand himself and how to network and build a network that helps him to grow both his portfolio and his business. One of the most important things you can do in a real estate investing business is to grow your network. And it sounds cliche, but your net worth really is equivalent to your network in a lot of ways. I can speak from my own personal experience and tell you that 100% the things I've been able to do have been heavily, heavily influenced by the people that I've had in my life, the people who are smarter than me that I was able to copy, and it all stemmed from networking. If you have not subscribed, this is the perfect moment to do so right now. So just grab your phone, pull up iTunes, pull up Stitcher, wherever you're listening. If it's uh, Google Play, subscribe. If you haven't yet reviewed it, I'd really appreciate it if you would. Again, really trying to build a community around this podcast and the more reviews really helps to get this podcast ranked and get it heard by more people. And I wanted to take a moment to also let you know that I am going to have a very casual event coming up very soon where investors can get together and basically share a beer and just talk shop. I really, really enjoy meetings where a bunch of investors can just get together and let conversations flow. It's one of the things that's been absolutely most valuable for me, and I wanted to sort of pay that forward and organize an event. It's going to be Wednesday, April the 24th. Somewhere in downtown Hamilton at 7 p.m. The venue is yet to be confirmed, but I will be confirming that and I will be announcing that on my Instagram. I'll probably pull a Facebook group together as well, but the details will be on my Instagram at the Andrew Hines. So without further ado, here is the interview I had with Jeff Weibo, branding realtor and investor extraordinaire. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Jeff Weibo on the show. Jeff is a real estate investor and he is also a realtor and uh, he's a guy that knows how to market himself and uh, I thought that would be a really cool uh, person to have on the show today. So we're going to dig into what he's doing as a realtor, what he's doing as an investor and I'm assuming Jeff you get a lot of business through your social media presence. Investors can implement this in their business. And I thought that'd be great. So first off, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. I always like to talk about uh, be the brand. And that's kind of what I was able to do in the last couple of years. But I guess you got to go all the way back to a little bit of my backstory. And I have a military, I like to always talk about this. I have a military background, the Canadian military. And around 2009 to 2012, I deployed overseas to Afghanistan. I did two tours. And it kind of came home, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. While everybody else was off to school, I was hanging out in war zones. And I came home and I, you know, while I was overseas, I always wanted to buy this penthouse and drive this BMW and thinking that that was success. But then I got home and I, and I, now there's so much more podcasts and YouTube and meetup groups. But back then there wasn't really a network that I had. I had uh, two buddies and one was a contractor and one was an investor with Rain. So I started learning about rain and he helped me. He says, you got to buy an income property. And I was like, Oh, this sounds cool. Like you're telling me that they're going to pay my rent, uh, pay for the mortgage and I get to potentially live for free. And I was able to purchase a purpose built triplex, not really knowing what I was doing back then. And, but I had a, a good mentor pretty much. So those are good a, a tips for anybody. Try to find a mentor. And he put me in the long, like, it's a house. Like it's not going to be the end of the world. And this one was purpose built. So there's not too much wrong with it. But of course I was nervous as a first time buyer back then, but put the offer in seven offers and I ended up getting it and lived in the basement and had no car. And that was quite the opposite of trying to think I was going to live in this penthouse and have this BMW. But I went with the basement with no car, but then I chose uh, passive income because I was reading Tim Ferriss all the time and I was like, oh, this is cool. These tenants can just pay for my lifestyle. But then I needed more and more. But what I did was cut back on expenses because I didn't have income, no capital. Yeah, did you have some income during that time? Well, 
I, I had capital from being overseas, but income wise, what was interesting was opportunities would arise. And by not having a so-called Canadian job, I could go do them. So for example, my friend would be like, Hey, do you want to go out to Alberta and shovel snow on a roof and get seven grand for a week? And I'd be like, huh? Okay, sure. I'll go do that. And it was like exercise for seven days. And I was up on the oil rigs and I was making sure it wasn't dripping into their accommodations. So it was just like unique little things like that. But I like normally you'd say, I can't take time off work to go do this. Uh, These little cool things that can show up in your life. And, you know, that could be just like traveling in general, usually meet people that lead to bigger and better business opportunities. So I think just having that flexibility was eight. So I did a lot of like little contract jobs on whatever I could with the military still and with uh, just through friends that they needed help with. So, so you, me, you were technically still employed with the military to some degree during that just time? As a con, like a, a contract. So if they needed something for three weeks, I could do that, but then you're okay. off contract. So it wasn't oh, like okay. I was uh, salaried. Um, How were you able to get a mortgage with that, that arrangement? I know we're taking it in, but uh, yeah, no problem. Um, yeah. So, well, I already had the mortgage on the, because when I got back from overseas, I had uh, two to three months of leave and I was able okay. to just kind of like work that process as I was coming home. It's okay. very important, I guess, not just dwelling on coming home, but I got right to down to business right away yeah. and, and saw my mortgage broker and we got in and I was able to cover all the, uh, the debt on the property and yeah. I qualify and I was able to buy that. And then shortly later, oh, you lost your job because like the leave yeah, contract totally. ended. And but that's OK, because like the T4s were showing all the income from right. uh, the last few years. That's an important um, point, though. Okay. I, was, I was in a similar, similar situation. I used to work on contract and I didn't buy a property because I thought that I was going to lose my ability to qualify. I thought because I was on a two year contract. So stupid me. I was young. I, was, I hadn't even owned one property yet. I'm like, oh, I can't buy because my job expires. Not true at all. If you can show, I think even three months of job history and some pay stubs, mm-hmm. they yeah. don't even really care if, if your job's no, going. In, in 2012, it was kind of the mortgage rules change all the time a little bit. And I didn't really know them back then because I was just a buyer. Um, Not as I'm more aware of them now, but uh, just with good mentors, I kind of got through it. And and that can still be said to this minute, this day, like you still need a mentor to kind of help you for for mortgages and and stuff. Then a couple of years of passive income traveling around the world. I've been to over 41 countries or something now. Um, I was wow. like, hmm, I should probably like start to get another job or something. But I hate that word, the job word. So I just, you know, a lot of people kind of put it in my mind. My, my now wife said, you should be a realtor. Some friends and my brother were saying you should be a realtor. And even if you've seen like Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran, I'm actually friends with her sister, Janine Corcoran, and she's like, you should be a realtor. And I was like, okay. okay. Uh, I didn't really understand what realtor was because growing up, all the kids' dads on the hockey team that had, were police officers or something, they were the cool ones. And then I remember, you know, uh, oh, the realtor. And like, it just, in Lon- maybe in London, Ontario, it just seemed like the job you got when nothing else was going on in your life. Like, that's the, weird stigma I thought what realtor was until all these TV shows now and they're making $70,000 commission and this and this and I'm like interesting so yeah I ended up getting well I thought oh like everybody who's probably listened to your podcast like oh I'm gonna be a realtor because I'm an investor yeah somewhat ask what came first what far, well I was investing and I thought yeah. it would be great but unfortunately it's not a job job but it does turn into work pretty quickly yes and it's less about you and more about your clients to begin with. But so be just before that, I got a longer contract with the military to buy another duplex because I needed a, like you said, show income again. And I bought the duplex. So now I have the duplex in my portfolio. And then I guess also I have one JV that, with a partner in Calgary, actually. So I'm not even on the paper on that one. It was just okay. capital invested. So starting to pick up some properties, but like, okay, now I need some capital. And so I become a realtor I, I passed the test super quick. And now on my YouTube channel, I teach the people in Ontario how to pass the test very fast. And um, my okay. YouTube video, that video is going pretty good actually, but um, become a realtor. And like we get to the beginning of your podcast and you said, Oh, I'm pretty good on social media. I noticed that no realtors were on the internet. And this is like 2015, especially mm-hmm. in, Lo- in London, Ontario. And really 
now I'm, I'm on the internet, but for all intents and purposes, I'm not even on the internet. Like it's still wide open. Like, and I yeah. do a lot of work to be on the internet and that's how good and sad it really is how easy it can be to stand out. And even if you're just an investor and you guys will always think like, why do I need to be on here? It just leads to, it's, it's networking now. You guys think, yeah. like, oh, I don't do social media. This is what everybody wants to say, right? It's I hear that a lot. Yeah. And I came from a military background being deployed and not even knowing my name uh, in Kabul to look at me on social media. So if I can do it, everybody can do it. And I, yeah. So um, to your said, point, though, for, for realtors and sorry to interrupt, yeah. I agree with you there. There are very few. It's not that they're not there. Like there's tons of you can go on Instagram and you can find a million realtor pages. But what is rare is realtors that are approaching it for the how can I provide you value expecting nothing in return? That is a rarity, almost non-existent. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think 99% of the population cares if a realtor is saying, hey, when you're buying or selling, call me. It's more like if Jeff's the guy that's constantly in my face, constantly just giving me value, mm -hmm. who am I going to call? You know what I mean? Well, so that's top of mind. And then when I built the brand, now you're top of mind. It all goes in. And then the direct message, the DM, you get the DM saying, hey, Jeff, can you sell my grandma's house? Or, hey, Jeff, we're looking at buying in the spring or selling our condo and buying again. And that's how I've mm -hmm. probably a lot of my business. And then you uh, tee that up with uh, actual physical networking is the best part. But because you're top of mind on social, they think they're networking with you like just human nature. They just see what I'm up to. Yeah. And, and interestingly, they're watching, even if they don't message you, people are watching and they may only message you once per year, but yeah. they're watching and you can, you can see who's watching, but uh, it's interesting that they see it. They may refer you to friends. They may share something. Just never know. So yeah, I had a, fr a friend the other day critique my podcast. He's like, yeah, I wasn't a fan of, of that episode. And I'm like, wait a minute, you, you listen to my podcast. <laughs> Well, you're, well, one, you're going to get haters in this, like yeah. now we're getting exposed big on, on YouTube, not exposed in the videos, but like it's, yeah. it's going across Canada and across North America. So you get the odd weird comments, but yeah. like, so to me, that's like, mm, it's the internet. Any press is good press. Well, exactly. Right? By the time you're getting that, you're like, well, I must be doing something right. Well, Go there's ahead. some realtors even in this city that like to maybe not make fun of it. Well, everything I'm doing, but, uh, probably jealousy. Cause like I do my limo tours. And I did my limo tour in the very first year of being a realtor. And then, yeah. but I did a limo tour in the very first year of being my realtor and people came on it. And yeah. then people like to make fun of like, oh, you can do that in your, you're only doing that in your first year. It's like, well, what year are you supposed to do it in? You know, like you want yeah. me to wait till 10? And, and your you brand back. started way up here, right? Your, yeah. You started your brand, like I'm not messing around, which I thought I find so cool about what you've done. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are not familiar with you. So um, I'll just say it. Yeah. So right. Jeff has branded himself as the the guy, the go-to for investors. And I'm sure you do other stuff too. But I mean, yep. I, I think of an investor realtor, you're in the circles, you're always talking to investors. And, and so as an investor, if I don't have a realtor, you're probably the guy I'm going to be asking for information. You know, you're the guy I'm going to talk to. And, and the limo tour that you're mentioning, just for anyone who's not familiar with it, this was a limo tour to basically take people to a nearby city and look at investment properties with the sole purpose of, of building your investment portfolio. So you're right in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just found that amazing because you were coordinating these events, you were bringing people together. And uh, it really was just probably hustle. And yep. everyone would probably discount you and say, oh, you're just getting started. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you go do your thing. So first they laugh and then they'll ask you how you did it, right? Well, and then it's wide open to copy, but nobody's copying it. it yeah. Like they could have the Smith limo tour all day long, but you know, that's not happening. And like you were saying earlier, there's all these realtors with realtor Instagrams or something, but they're not there. It, it takes a, a lot of hard work and hustle to do that. Um, mm -hmm it's so much easier just to have like a page. Oh, and, but what, what happens there is they may be in for 10 years or five years or 30 years, and they don't need to do what Jeff Weibel does because they have a Rolodex, probably still a physical Rolodex yeah. of, uh, you know, 30 years of clients. So for them to get on social media today, and this is 2019, it's not going to be, they're not going to need it as much as I did day one. And, this is interesting scenario too, because 
I, I've lived in London, but my clients aren't my high school friends. Like, so everybody likes to say like, well, I just moved to Kitchener. I don't know anybody. And then they leave it at that. And then they're a bad realtor or bad investor. I don't network like get out. Like every, in the last three years, I've met probably, you know, an extra 500 people that you deal with now. Right. And they're 30 of them buy with me all the time or something like that. And then you just really hustle with them and, and treat them well. And and that's how it kind of goes. So, so so one thing I wanted to, to drive at in this episode is that, when you become known as somebody who's a value add in, in the real estate business, there are going to be people out there that see you who want to sell. And from an investor standpoint, I could do the same things you've done. Well, maybe some things I'd do differently, but like I wouldn't do a limo tour maybe because I'd be a little bit different, but I could still add value the same way you've added value to people. And then people might start calling me with private deals. They might say, Hey, like I've got a deal. Like I'm looking to sell. Heard you heard you were looking well, to buy. It goes back to top of mind. So yeah. if, if Andrew Hines is top of mind and I got a private deal and you close every single time and you advertise, yeah. like you just closed on another one looking for the next JV partner, looking for the next money, yeah. whatever that looks like, you, who else are they going to give their money to the moment they need money or they want to tell you about a private yeah. deal? Not There could be a better investor than you, Andrew, but they don't know about him or her. So yeah. that's the problem. Like, and there's better realtors than me, but nobody knows about them because they're sitting <laughs> at home and they're mailing out a flyer to them. And that's it. So. A flyer is so 1960. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, it's a long time ago. By the well, way, shameless plug, I am looking for deals. So <laughs> by all means, well, uh, Southwestern Ontario, you got something? Um, somebody's driving on the 401 right yeah. now listening to this being like, you know what? I'm going to call Andrew after this. Yeah, you know? yeah I'll, pay, uh, I'll pay a bird dog fee. I'll, I'll give you some cash just to give me a phone number of somebody who's going to sell it, as, assuming right. they, I do close. Yeah, That's a good tip too yeah. for social on um, for any of the investors out there why not just advertise that? Like, so Matthew Frederick was this investor that gave a lot of talks at wind city and he, he's been a big uh, investor for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. And he used to say that he had FedEx drivers driving around and, and every time they saw like a, a grass overgrown or a roof that was damaged, like, t- you know, take a photo, probably didn't even have photos in nineties, but I mean, you know, call me about it and tell me the address. Well, that was great. And amazing advice. Now, how do we take that to, to 2019? So I would like Instagram. So if you guys have a personal page for like your flippers or your, your wholesalers or whatever you're going to do, have on the very top in the bio, say, if you see a house in Southwestern Ontario with a damaged roof, take a photo and send it to me and I'll pay you 500. What did you just say? A thousand, 500 on, on closing. A thousand if I close it. Yeah. Well, you, you'd pay 10,000 if, if yeah, it, it was the, the best deal, deal right? in the world. Right. But yeah. so now, now you have the internet working for you, not just FedEx, like 10 FedEx drivers, right? You have, 500, 10, a thousand people working for you. So, you know, that's why you guys want to be on social as well. You want to leverage it and use yeah. the network. So. Yeah. It's, it's, and you brought up a, a, a grassroots strategy, which is probably a good basis for understanding how this, how this scales up. But, you know, back when I was reading a bunch of different books and I've read a ton on, you know, acquiring and flipping properties and, and uh, one of the ones said, you know, talk to your mailman. Yeah, talk to talk to the people that are constantly seeing properties and let them know. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, absolutely. On a micro scale, like you said, that works. But you can scale that up and and do it on social media too. Um, I feel like it's very appropriate to just say it in the middle of this podcast, which is great. Um, and I love that there's you know there is this community growing, and there eventually is going to be somebody who listened to this podcast who had you know, their grandmother's about to sell or they know somebody who's really messy and doesn't want to list that just wants to sell. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, one day it's going to come around. So I think that that's really cool. Question for you. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend that an investor who's maybe not a realtor, how would you recommend that they add value to people online so that people actually care to follow them and care to be a part of their brand? Yeah. So one that they don't have to worry about followers, like they probably just want a good 200, 300, 400 something followers. Like these could be very good people that are actually following your journey. Now we kind of talked about it earlier. Like how did I learn how to get a mortgage? So maybe your doc, what you want to do is document that. So you might want to talk in the, let's say Instagram stories or not everyone has to do a YouTube video, but you could uh, document in the YouTube how you closed on this property and what you did. And obviously you don't want to like share probably all the nitty details because mm-hmm. sometimes they're, close to gray, but, um, 
you know, you might want to talk about how, you, how to burr a property because people don't know this. You can't learn this in school. So basically yeah. everything you're already doing, kind of like speaking to the investors listening, but just documenting to friends and family that don't even know how to, uh, what you're doing or how to do this, you'll be surprised. They'll reach out to you and, and they, it could be the easiest of like, hey, we're thinking of getting an income property. Now you have a JV partner. Like right there, like they don't need to necessarily know it, but it just comes back to being top of mind and that you're the subject matter expert in your field and they will come out and, and kind of message you about it. If that's what you're looking for, money partners, JV partners, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And everyone has know. their own goal, right? Like and it, it could be, two, well, what about just even like two investors that know each other? Maybe they JV yeah. on a bigger project. Like that's like these apartment buildings aren't beyond our reach just from networking is how it's going to happen. You do not see on our MLS, like Grant Cardone trying to buy these 50 unit buildings. Like they rarely hit our MLS. It's obviously all underground, all networking, all who do you know? And you may really want this property, but no one knows you you exist. Like Mm -hmm. you have to kind of physically network and social media network these days. I find that the social media networking. So I, I, um, I was non-existent on social media probably prior to October. Yep, I know. Yep. I think I started up in like November, somewhere around then. And uh, I've grown it aggressively. Mm-hmm. And I know I, it, had I just started years ago, I didn't, I didn't document my journey. I, I was so bad. I didn't even take pictures of my finished product. Yep. I, I was like going back through my phone. I'm like, wait a minute. Why don't I have photos of the finished thing before the tenants moved in? So I have properties where I was going and trying to get photos to list them. And you and do all beautiful properties yeah, and, I know. and they're very unique. Like people would want to know this strategy. They'd pay you for this strategy. Yeah. And it's interesting. So stupid. So you stupid. Te- tease the audience a little bit about yeah. how you do these en suites. And, yeah. Know, so. yeah. Yeah. Doing these properties and, and putting in the effort I did, it was just so ridiculous. I never, to me, it never clicked. And then I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. Because somebody told me I should listen to him and I'm like, oh my God, what have I been doing for the last four years not sharing this stuff? And uh, it was like, okay, well, I mean, it's never too late to start, I guess, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely at a slow start here. However, I've, sorry, I guess I started late, but I wouldn't say I started slow. I, uh, I've hit the ground running and, you know, part of the reason to start this podcast, man, like I've got people reaching out to me from all over the U.S., I've got, I'm, I'm linking up with investors and we're bringing each other up, man. If bringing people together and like, I can't say enough for, for the personal brand, just from my own experience. And this is in the course of what, like four or five months so far. So mm-hmm. for you, holy crap, you've got yeah three years on me. Of it was accident. wide open and I was, yeah, yeah well, of course, but like it, it's yeah. still wide open. So anybody listening, yeah. you can jump in tonight, you know, yeah. and, and my, my biggest my biggest realtor tip for all these people that didn't want to like, cause I train realtors across North America as well okay. now. Um, but like if they don't want to post because it's scary or whatever that looks like the easiest thing I say, and uh, the visual uh, people can see this, but like I have a cup of coffee, but take a photo of your coffee in the morning and just say ready to crush the week. Can't wait to do real estate deals or can't wait to, you know, help out buyers or whatever. Yeah. All that's doing is making you top of mind that week. And people are like, oh yeah, Jerry is a realtor. I didn't know. I thought because he'd only post once a year. I didn't. I forgot about Jerry. But then yeah. we'll get we'll get that guy continuing to post, and you're going to become the brand and top of mind. And again, people can be better than you, but nobody knows yeah. they exist. So there's a, there's a lot of drinks that are better than Coca Cola, but the logo is everywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, right? think about how many times you just see the logo on something, right? Yeah. And you just reminds you, oh yeah, Coca Cola. Uh, you, you've become the Coca-Cola in your area uh, for realtor. You know, I can't think of anybody. I mean, there are guys on bus benches, but in the circles that I know, you're, you're the, the most prevalent of, of the realtors. So I, I had a good YouTube video. My first year, I listened to the wrong advice and I got a bus bench. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the mailing of the letter as well. Like I can't, if somebody's mailing 2,000 letters, I can't mail 2,001 letters and beat him. And like even 4,000 letters won't necessarily beat him, him or her, because they've been mailing letters forever. And there was way more bus bench people out there than me. And I just bought like one or two. And I remember I did a YouTube video where I drove up to it and I was like, look at all these people driving by, not giving a beep. I saw that one. Right? I saw that but video. That video did better and an Instagram about it did better than the yeah. bench. But I was making fun of myself for like not don't do that guys 
it, social media is like free advertisement for the most part. You can pay for Facebook ads and that. You can learn that. But a lot of it's just free. That bench, nobody's calling that bench to sell their home. So it, it was a little bit of a touch for, for uh, Jeff Weibo, but I, I think my money could have been used elsewhere. So live and learn on that one. Per- perfect, perfectly said. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a touch, but it's yeah. an expensive one. I mean, yeah. in terms of dollars for impressions, like how many impressions, what, you know, I don't think, I think, are, I think one person called me, said they liked my tie. And, <laughs> and I think then you just hear from friends and family later on that, Oh, I thought I, I thought, thought I saw your bench. So it was kind of working, but like, yeah. it just seemed the Gary Vaynerchuk kind of approach was, yeah, don't do that. Just, just document this stuff, podcast, YouTube, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all this yeah. way better than a bench. It just so, seems like the, easiest thing a realtor could do and like you're just in a sea of realtors out there anyway so um. yeah exactly there, well there's no there's no expression of value in that yeah for no. you got to remember whether you're an investor whether you know whatever you are there's there's different types of ads right and, and what you do on instagram sort of is an ad but i wouldn't recommend yeah. treating it like an ad treat it like hey i'm here to give value but yeah if you're not giving value, like if you're on a bench and you never followed that up with anything else and it just says, you know, Jeff Weibo and you know, right. here's my phone number. It, there's, well, first off, there's no call to action and a call to action, just, you know, tell them what to do. Um, I, I think I've seen a couple of people say, you know, call for a free home evaluation, but then what about all the people who are not thinking about selling? Cause you still want to have an effect on them. So mm. I definitely think that kind of marketing can work, but I mean, for most of the investors listening to this show, they're not going to go out and, and buy an ad and say, looking for properties or we buy houses. We, we buy houses. Yeah. I see those signs everywhere and let's face it. They obviously work because people do it in every city, those yellow and black, yeah. we yeah. buy houses signs. Uh, yeah, that's one approach. The other approach, which has probably got more longevity to it and differentiates because if you, if Jeff, I knew you and you wanted to buy my house, I would believe in your credibility and your ability to buy my house because you have a reputation. Right. You know, oh, that Jeff guy from the internet wants to buy. So even, guy. even three, three years ago when people were like, well, what about people not on Instagram or not on uh, you know, social media is what obviously what they said. Uh, it's like good. I don't want to. I don't want them to be my clients because I'll, I'll never win them over. Anyways, I can't mail grandma ten more letters than the, the next realtor, so I'm never going to win grandma. Mm-hmm. So let's focus on other people. So for the wholesalers and stuff like that, if you're in a sea of we buy houses, get on the internet and start target marketing the ads. Yes, you're never going to get the grandma's uh, house, but you're going to get the people that are online and that that the we buy houses bandit sign guy is not getting because he's just mm-hmm. like well and that's the thing it's just like the old realtor oh it works so why do i have to adapt but one day you're going to hit a wall and it's just not going to work anymore and, and you're, and you're going to be done or hopefully you're going to retire but if you're not at retirement you better adapt and overcome so yeah absolutely like you know it's when do you plan on retiring is the key question right yeah. i mean if, if you've got 10 years left yeah maybe your rolodex works until then exactly but the times are changing absolutely and, and right now it's you know it's instagram and YouTube, but maybe in mm-hmm. 10 years, it's all about, um, Gary V keeps saying it's all about the, uh, the voice, you know, like the Google, yeah. the Google home. Although I, I just call mm-hmm. me, a, uh, I don't know what the word is, but I'm, I'm not comfortable with having that thing. Listen to me all day long. Uh-huh. <laughs> you'll start getting, uh, you'll be talking about flooring and then it'll yeah. show up in your ads or something. Right. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that that's happened to me way too many times for my phone alone. I, I mean, I know I'm just a late adopter here and I know I should get into it. So no excuse, but yeah, uh, some things make me less, less comfortable. So just what you said there, uh, thought it was super interesting. We should dig into it. Advertising for trying to find deals. So I'd say an investor, they're looking for a deal. Um, what would you recommend to them? Like, would you say, go take out a Facebook ad? Are they creating a Facebook fan page or is it just organically building a Facebook page or an Instagram page or, mm-hmm. or YouTube video um, page? Well, I think it just comes to experiment because there's no secret sauce per se. Like if it works for me, it may not work for you and vice versa. But those were good suggestions. One of the things that I like to do on Instagram, and if you learn, there's the story mode. In the story mode, they disappear in 24 hours. And what I like to do is not give out addresses and not give out details, but I kind of go fishing. And I'll write words and there's a way you can write words with like a red or blue back screen so like Mm -hmm. there's no picture per se and it's just the words and i'll say 
uh, triplex in the old East village, uh, you know, 250,000, 300,000, whatever that is rents, this hit me up or something like that. And yeah. what that does is cast the big net out there. And then people are like, Ooh, what's this? And I'm like, Oh, I was just going fishing. Cause if it's one of my buddies and then he's like, Oh, what is it? I'm like, ah, caught a whale. Cause now he's <laughs> really interested. Right. Cause, uh, but then a lot of times the public does get back to you. So how can you use that? You can similar to those methods, be like looking for JV, JV partners, big opportunity, hit me up or something. Yeah. Something like that. And then they get into the private messages with you and you can maybe share some of the more uh, financial and personal details on the property or something. Okay. Um, so that's a really good tip you guys can use. And you can, you can post that even as a um, picture on Instagram talking about yeah. that and, or in the description as well. So like, that's a good way to kind of go fishing to look for money or JV partners or, mm-hmm. or, or I'm looking for deals. I got money burning a hole in my pocket, hit me up, you know, like yeah. same kind of stuff. Uh, the Facebook page thing, that's, that's great. It's, it's challenging to get people there organically. You got to do giveaways and stuff like that. Um, I was wondering about that because I've never really built on Facebook because mm-hmm. I don't feel like people search organically on Facebook. It just, I, I actually, and there's no excuse. I should be on Facebook more than I am. Like I'm there, but uh, I'm not really doing anything there. I just, my Instagram stuff feeds to there. Uh, yeah. So do you not focus on building that or do you just have um, a presence there? It's built a bit more target art. I just spend the money on the ads and target your city yeah. for the most part. It, it's a tough one. Cause it changes like every couple months. It seems like the algorithms and like if, if you have a thousand people following that page and you post something, the thousand people don't see that. Maybe no. they show it to 10% of your audience. And then when, when 10% of your audience doesn't click it, it doesn't yeah. even get pushed. So then they want you to pay money to boost the posts and all that. So, yeah. um, but for the most part, Instagram, and well, they're connected kind of Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. For the most part, if you have a, that's what I said earlier, don't worry about getting 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 followers. Just focus on like good 500 people or, or and like yeah. it gets back to that news article for that essay, a thousand true fans pretty much. So, it, uh, which you just want to have like a thousand people that are like your champions. Pretty I didn't much. know this. I haven't read this article. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a short read. I think it's three pages, but okay. It, Basically, it all comes down to if you have a thousand true fans and if they were going to even buy a hundred dollars off of you Mm -hmm. uh, annually, like you're, you're better off. Those people will then talk about it and spread it a lot further than anything else. So if you want to be on the New York times bestseller, you need like a thousand people like, Oh my God, this guy's book's coming out pretty much. Right. And then that's kind of how it'll spread. Exactly. So they're your, they're your fans. So don't worry about getting 10,000 people. Just focus on like 300, 400, 500 and get to a thousand. And the only way, uh, and I want to point this out, the only way you're going to get those fans is if you lead with value. You shouldn't, you you shouldn't be coming at this as an investor, as a realtor, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, don't come at this with your handout. You can try, but you'll, you'll fall flat pretty quickly. So you'll fall into the giant (laughs) mass of people already doing that, that no one cares to listen to. And I'm not trying to be harsh with that. It's just, it's unfortunately the reality. So the best thing that you could do is, I mean, if, and I'm not tooting my own horn here, but go on my YouTube or my, my Instagram page and try and find one single advertisement for anything. Yeah. I'm not asking for anything. I'm just giving value away and creating a community, hopefully. And eventually that community, yeah, you're right. One day, uh, when there's something going on, or if I ever do have an ask, they'll be there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, my business partner, Matt McKeever. So we're talking about like giving away the value. Like, so Matt and I, maybe a lot of you guys are already following him on YouTube and Instagram, but we're, we're doing a lot of partnerships now moving forward. And we, we recently put on the Ontario real estate conference Mm -hmm. last year and we have a future one coming up and and we'll get into that. But Matt and I did YouTube videos every Friday, live answering questions for, I think eight months straight every Friday at like five 30 or something and just did an hour show answer, you know, is it good student rentals or multifamily and just answer the same questions like every Friday night, pretty much. And like, well, it depends kind of. Um, But that was just like giving, giving, giving. And it's the Gary Vaynerchuk model of give, 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 give. And then we're just only a little bit of asking in our like third year right now. So it was a long grind of like the limo tours, didn't make me any money per se, like not on the limo tour. Like, and now 
I can charge a little bit of a ticket price, but we're still giving value with the off-market yeah. deal, right? That you could purchase. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's like an 80-20 or a 90-10, you know, give to ask oh, ratio. Heck yes. It's it's and it's and it sucks. Like if you just think you're gonna like build this website and make money by by the midnight not going to happen no it, it, in your instagram you're going to don't quit in the first day it's going to take oh a it's going to take, it's gonna take time. A, a long time of giving value and posting and helping yeah. people but then you become the expert so that's what like we put on the orec ontario real estate conference we we didn't like make 10 20 30 grand from that we barely scraped by even and that was our goal and a lot of people could be like well, why are you doing this and it just gets back to that. Like we just wanted to put on an amazing real yeah. estate investor conference for the people. And we felt on Southwestern Ontario didn't have that per se. They had, you know, it gets a little bit corporately as they increase in numbers, some of the good uh, organizations out there. And, and like, we, we didn't want to run to the back of the room and give me your credit card type of conference. We I just can't wanted stand to, those. Yeah. We just wanted, here's Andrew Hines and here's how he, mm-hmm. you know, flips houses and, and, and builds on suites and, and makes money in real estate. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? You can go talk to him. He's in the hall right there, you know, yeah. versus no, he, they go hide in a green room and you can't talk to these people. So yeah, there's just such a value in, in just being the person that pulls it together. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like I find it fun to talk about this stuff. I love that. I get to, you know, call people like you up and say, why don't you want to come on the show? And then we get to like, we help each other. I learned from you and, you know, hopefully you learned something from me. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. And I've, I've talked to so many people that I would have just called these people up and wanted to pick their brain anyway. So yeah, for me, yeah. this is a great platform and everybody's going to be different for me. This, I like this the most. So it, it's, it's a great in that regard. And then, you know, give it away and just keep giving it away. And then, you know, you create a legacy, you create, you create this, this persona around yourself where, you know, people there, there's already a trust there. They feel like they know you. Right. And I love that. I, you know, just, just having all these investors out there that feel like they know me want to connect. That's, that's worth it all. Just that is worth it to me. A hundred percent. And it's so much easy. It cuts a lot of the, uh, the quick BS because they already know your backstory or they already know yeah. how you invest and they just get right down to business when they meet you in person or something. Yeah. And it, you're going to learn this too with all your podcasts. Now people are going to come up to you and be like, Oh, in episode three, you said this at the, at the uh, 30 second, 30 yeah. minute mark. And you're like, I did. And there's people who come up to me giddy because they've seen the YouTube and I'm like, I don't know who you are, but thank you. Like you've never commented, cool, man. you've never commented, but you've watched every video. Like, okay. Like it's, Gives you a little bit of awesome reassurance that people are watching, but you don't, you don't know. Like you just, you put out all this content yeah. and you don't even know that some guy in Kingston has watched every yeah. video and you're like, what, who are you? Like, yeah. send me a message. Like, well, you just got to be true to your heart, right? Like you talked about documenting your journey. And I yeah. think that's so huge because you're, you can't be BS. Like if, if you want to do this, you have to just be honest about who you are whatever it is that you're doing, where you're at, don't ever try and tell people you're somewhere you're not. Well, just remember the yeah. internet will crucify you. Yeah. If, you do. So if, if you're insincere. So I've, I'm the first to say to half my guests, I'm like, yeah, you've done more than I have. <laughs> yeah. You've got more properties than I do, but uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I, it takes away, you know, it's, Hey, I've, I've accomplished what I've accomplished. They've accomplished more. I'm always looking to grow. Mm. And, uh, and there's always something you can learn from just about anyone. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just be honest where you're at. Like as an investor, even if you haven't bought your first deal, you could still be the Jeff Weibo in the story, you know, with every day you're saying, I am seeing properties today. I'm seeing properties today. Sooner or later, somebody who's got some money be like, who is this guy? And I, Hey, I, I want to put my money to work. Hey, I should give him a shout. And, uh, yeah. for, for an investor listening to this, like, why not start? Like, you know what I mean? Just, just make people aware of what you're doing. Share your story. Cause it is interesting. Yeah. Um, sure. I'm, I'm actually just consulting for a friend as he's building his custom home. So he kind of asked me to help him as consultant. So I'll be sharing some photos of the build process and talking about how that all works. And I'm sure somebody's interested, maybe other people aren't, but you know what I mean? It's, it's worth sharing. And again, people start to see, okay, well I'm into that. I, I do know something about construction. I know something about adding additions to houses and, and things like that. You never know who might get, pick up the phone or, or send a message. Right. Exactly. And yeah, you could have 30 people listening to this or 400 or a or, or thousand and it's, 
that 30 is actually like amazing right because those yeah. are people that are actually listening like the whole time and they're going to come out to the events they want to meet andrew hines want to meet jeff weibo they want to meet matt yeah. keeper and just pick our brains and and well it, it gets literally everything i have around me now i'm in a new build home it's all from networking like i mm. you heard my journey i started at this triplex i went over to this duplex and i guess we can talk a little bit of that too now that's Airbnb and executive rentals going on there as well. And just yeah. trying things. But like, I wouldn't have even have tried these things if it wasn't for networking with the right people that were kind of trying it. And like you learn from them a little bit. And you're like, okay, I'm going to adapt what you're doing and take what's the good from it and, and do it in my own. And then you, you have a phone a friend all the time. If something happens wrong, yeah. you know, if I was doing what you're doing, I'd be calling you like every day being like, Hey, mm-hmm. this happened. And what the city won't let me do this or something. You're like, Oh, yeah. well, this is all you got to go, go talk to this guy. Oh, thank you. And that's networking guys. You got to know the right people. So. Just before we carry on with this interview, I wanted to segue because right now is where we transition into a discussion about Jeff's investing activities. And I thought this was important because I wanted you to get to know him as an investor as well as a realtor. So as an investor, he has a student rental. He has uh, a couple of uh, multifamilies and uh, he's got some Airbnbs that he's working on and uh, some of them he doesn't even own. So he's a very out of the box thinker. Some of the things that Jeff does are a little bit unconventional from a typical investor standpoint because he is quite an entrepreneur in that he's running conferences, he's running events for investors. It's more than just typical rentals. So his Airbnb ideas are quite interesting. He's going to be referring to a gentleman by the name of Matt, and that Matt is Matt McKeever, who's a a YouTube personality, um, a person that creates quite a bit of content himself. So Jeff and Matt put on some of these real estate events together, and they work together a lot. So when he's saying Matt's name and and uh, and talking about how he uh, masterminds with him, that's what he's talking about. So let's carry on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, why don't we dive into that? So executive sure. rentals, what are you doing there? Okay. So we were using my duplex. Um, I had a vacancy and Matt was living in a different property and we were planning OREC. And I said, I was just, one day I was just in the shower and I was like, why do I want another renter quickly upstairs. What if I put Matt up here and then cough up the thousand something dollars rent and use Matt up there to come up with $10,000 ideas. And I was like, interesting. Cause then we, my, we just had a baby at that time. And that was a lot easier to walk upstairs to the second unit and walk back downstairs rather than driving over to Matt's house every Monday morning and come up with like real estate investor ideas and go and looking at different properties, which is easier uh, proximity. So we use the duplex as a base of operations. So that just, I would never have thought of that without knowing all these people and thinking, hmm, can I use my properties for more money than just like a renter would pay me? And everybody else is just like, usually thinking, oh, let's just get a renter. But I, I was thinking mm-hmm. bigger and, and like, let's build something big and let's plan OREC and let's do stuff. Oh no, thousand bucks gone. So let's come up with 10, 20, $30,000 ideas. So Matt's up there and slowly then my new build was built and I moved out to where I am now. I'm in Byron in in London, Ontario and Matt moved down and then I finished the upper and and Matt finally moved out and now we're renting a mansion four doors down for me as well in Byron where Matt lives now, which is our YouTube mansion. Yeah. So we'll get into that, but I have the duplex and now I'm designed. I was at, I was networking believe it or not, with at the, at the London Club, which is a private club I belong to. And the London Club's designer, she was, a, you know, she's you know 35-year-old person there, and she designs the club. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about a triplex that she had in a Wortley village close by the downtown. And she does executive rentals and Airbnb. And I thought, huh, you should come over and take a look at mine and see what you could do. So I wasn't too keen on doing the Airbnb per se because it was the turnover and the cleaning and all that stuff. But I thought, okay, well, what if I just furnish it and put executives into this and they'll pay me a a very decent nightly type rate for 30 days, if not a year. Um, Because they're what I like to call was, hi, I'm from Cincinnati. My company will pay anything. Just give me a, you know, right. So I thought, let's, interesting. Let's tackle this market. So right now we're designing the Airbnb and 
it's functioning as an Airbnb, the upper unit right now. And we're still waiting around for an executive renter. So hopefully by the time this podcast release, I do have somebody. Yeah. And then we're designing the bottom unit as well. And I'm learning a lot about design. And I'm now I'm able to use her in my real estate business as well to call her up for phone a friend. If I'm at a property trying to sell, I'll be like, well, I do have a designer. We can bring her in and she can do this. So that's pretty cool. How are you expecting um, the numbers to work? So just a quick recap yeah. here. Uh, so it's a duplex. It's up and down. Yeah. Um, the upstairs is functioning currently as an Airbnb or, okay. Yeah. So that's already active. You're turning it over. Uh, do you have somebody- one, one month of that so far. So, okay. Um, all of March I did, and it was only maybe four or five stays. So mostly the weekends and a little bit of the weeknights. And I, so I you're not a super host yet. Not yet. No, not no, yet. Just okay. starting. Just so, okay. So here you go, guys. My very first day, I made all the mistakes in the book. And I even knew the the airs I was making as I made them because my brother is the super host. We've hosted Airbnb masterminds at the mansion and they said, don't rent to people in your own city and don't rent to people that aren't verified and they don't have a picture and all this stuff. So the girl messages me, she's from London and she says, I want to rent your place. And I said, no. And then she writes me back like, oh, well, it's for a baby shower. And I say, um, okay. Okay, well, I guess that sounds somewhat like normal. And uh, so she, uh, then I thought, okay, well, what would, what would a normal landlord do? I'm going to meet her at the property and like get the face to face. So like she sees that I'm a person. It's not just a product that she can, you know, destroy or something like that. Like she's not going to want to damage Jeff's property because she's yeah. stuck Jeff's hand and et cetera. Yeah, that was all not... A, I don't think people rent it thinking they're going to have a bad night, but alcohol and drugs get involved. Oh, and yeah. then, so it was four girls probably drank more than they could drink. Some drugs were involved. You know, they clog sinks. They use every paper towel. That was mistakes. So they only leave out like what you want to use. They damaged a bit of a windowsill. There's gum on the floor, gum in the sink. I couldn't believe it. Cause I was like building this to be an executive rental, not necessarily yeah. a bulletproof Airbnb. And I was like, hmm, uh, uh, you know, obviously we've seen a lot of landlord stuff. So I was able to kind of, you know, it was frustrating, but I could, like anything, it's a first world problem. Yeah. We can kind of deal with it, Work right? through it, yeah. So Airbnb, you know, they didn't help per se to start. They just said, follow the instructions and document it pretty much. And, and I guess my analogy would be, jump on the conveyor belt with Airbnb and get out the other side and you're going to be okay. And basically, I just documented all the uh, damage and got invoices from contractors about it, about snaking mm-hmm. the plumbing. And I asked for $500 damage deposit, but the receipts went into seven high 700s. And I, I got all the money from Airbnb. Airbnb paid me out. So, oh, they, they comped you. They probably really hurt they, that person on, on her, uh, her status on Airbnb. <laughs> Uh, she was like a zero star local yeah. person. I don't start know. a new, new profile and, and do it again. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. it's just confidence. The Airbnb kind of has your back a bit. If you follow the instructions. Interesting. So your first month, um, how much were you able to pull in in revenue? Well, with the, with the, uh, the profit from the uh, damages, but, uh, um, it, it says 3,300, but I'd probably take that 800 bucks off probably around yeah. somewhere around like 24, 23, yeah. Which normally it, it was an 1127 plus hydro units. So it kind of doubled yeah. it there. There's some cleaning fees involved. But what I really want is just an executive renter in there making 2300 to 2500 a month and just call it a day. Yeah. Pretty so much. Airbnb is an interim, but you're, you're hoping. It, Airbnb is just a bandage in between. Yeah. yeah executive and then do renter. executive, have it furnished. And you figure instead of 1100 you're going to take something that's 1100 and maybe get 25 by putting some yeah. furniture in investing exactly. in the furniture and down the road you're you know you could be double the profit on a rental yeah. that would have been and right now like furniture is getting close to 10 to 12 grand because it's not just furniture with the designer as well mm-hmm. she's very cost effective but we also have to buy like special art and and we do yeah. like murals and we put artificial grass in the units and we're trying to like really like a youtube video clickbait like why would you come and stay at this apartment well why would you click this youtube video why would you click this airbnb oh cool i like this artificial grass in the sunroom that's yeah i would have just put down gray floors and that's all i would have done but she had all these like little i just kind of like let her kind of go 
one, not just just because she was a designer, but two, because she ha- has this and she's executing on it with executive renters and with Airbnb. So yeah. it, it was it wasn't just picking any designer and then yeah. spending a crazy budget on stuff. She was okay. very Airbnb focused and executive focused. So. so you wouldn't believe it. I don't think you've heard this episode, but I did. I had an Airbnb uh, specialist on the show. It was the American or something, wasn't he? Or? No, he's from uh, he's from Ottawa. Oh, yeah, you think he was? Yeah, he's got a, a presence down there. But uh, he uh, he says he spends about seven seven eight hundred bucks to furnish a place. Like he'll yeah. go round up all the students' like furniture they throw away. He'll buy a yeah. new mattress and he'll just like scrape Kijiji and Craigslist yeah. and whatever else for for anything he can find. So. Granted, it's not going to look as nice, but I think what he was riding is the super host status. Because once you're a super, super host and you, you turn on instant book, I think he was saying, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden now you're featured up near the top. So you might not need to be the nicest property, but I see what you're saying is like, if you're starting off, being nice might actually help you achieve super host status. And then well, down the road, you might not need to do it so nice. Again, like the Airbnb money's nice, but it's just mm-hmm. one more thing you got to do every day. Text these people. And, and you're managing it? I would rather... Well... It, it's not that hard to manage per se. Like I am just, you know, texting them like welcome and all that kind of landlordy kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on the phone enough, but, um, yeah. what's one more thing, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and then for any maintenance problems, I have enough contacts for, for that. Um, I do have a manager for my student rental right now, but okay. just, that was just to like level up a bit because I yeah. could answer those phone calls. They're not, they're, they're easy. They're just, not making me 10 grand yeah only, you know so they just kind of was done with that a little bit even though yeah, they're you, easy phone calls you learn as you go i i've i've fluctuated from having managers to not having managers and uh, back and forth you know it, you really just got to kind of figure out what works for you um for sure. I'm somewhere in the middle ground i i just like them as i like to have people that can help me mm-hmm. but they're not like an official management company i find that that better uh, exactly before we move on from your airbnb example yeah. Uh, first month starting off in a, a very average city. London is known as a test city for Canada because it's a yes. very mixed demographic. It's not too big, not too small. Uh, so I think it's very relatable to a lot of other people. If you're in a, a, a kind of a mid-sized city, you were able to get how many guests in one month? I think I'm at six bookings actually. So, so six people in the month of March actually had a stay. Yeah. In, your, in your place. So you, yeah. you listed it March 1st or was it back in February? Yeah, it was actually it was March. I think it was March 1st, just randomly. So and six people came in yeah. and th- what was the average so, uh, per, night, per night rate? Uh, between 125 and 150 on the weekends kind of. Okay. One bonus was London had the Junos. So one of the weekends I had the prices up a little bit higher. Nice. Uh, and I didn't even have a Juno person stay, like not a person going to the event, but yeah didn't matter because the prices were up in the city and people had nowhere to go. So you got to really watch that yeah. stuff too. But I would say 125 to 150 and I'm testing. Cause like right now I do want it to go up even higher, but when you're new, you got to kind of keep yeah. it a bit lower, but I also don't want to keep it too lower because the place is nice. And then, but on that is even if you put it at $200, four people could rent it and pay 50 bucks each and still trash yeah. your place. So it's kind of really, it's a little a lot bit. of screening you got to kind of quickly do. So you're learning, you're in the learning phase. I've never done it. I, I'm very, I'm just genuinely curious. What kind of place is it? Two bed, two bath? Two bed, one bath. One bath. Yeah. And just it design is. nice and it's homey and that's it. Man. So we're like a run it, newly renovated kitchen and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah we okay. did that. Yeah. So I, I still nice. have to re- refi on the property. The, the area has gone up. So that yeah. was the main goal. And then it's Airbnb is just learning right now, but just buying time to like find the right executive that's going to be there yeah. for seven months, eight months, a year. Um, yeah. So, so you are expecting you have it listed for executive rental, and when that happens, rock and networking. Roll. You got to network with the right HR type people yeah. to kind of get that. So it's it's a little bit of that, and they've been showing it, but then people schedule it's kind of the work schedules when they're coming in, and could get some doc- doctors and that kind of stuff that are coming in for. A period of time so yeah it could definitely happen i i know that uh so my fiance had an airbnb for a while in toronto and mm-hmm. uh, she'd get yeah like you said somebody come in from a company you know uh, my company's sending me to toronto for for four months want the place for the whole time they're gonna pay for it and she was yeah. getting 
big, big rents. Yeah. They don't, um, well, the company doesn't care. And the person doesn't want to stare at a mini bar in, in a small TV for, you know, yeah. three months. They, they don't want to live in, in the nicest the Hilton is they, it gets boring after well, you a need while, a kitchen, so. right? You're well, not, exactly. What so. if you want to cook? Right. So I think that, uh, there's a huge market. So for her, I think she was getting like, you know, maybe 1500. So say normal rent at that time was like 2,500 a month. She mm-hmm. was getting like 4,500. So she was getting yeah. an extra 2000 bucks. Uh, well, I guess you got to go back as well. Like one, it's just experimenting guys, like try it out. Mm-hmm. And, but when you're originally buying these properties, just make sure they cash flow with normal market type rent for yeah. the most part. And then this is all bonus. And then right. if they ever shut down Airbnb or you can't find an executive renter, you have a backup plan. Don't, I don't know if you're noticing this, but just, yeah, don't buy properties that are only going to cash flow on Airbnb because that's just a, I think it's a bad investor strategy right now. Yeah. Well, if you're going to do that, be, be ready to lose money. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, whereas I always say like invest based on your portfolio. So mm-hmm. if, if you have 10 cash flowing properties and you've already got like seven, eight grand in monthly cash flow, what's one property that might lose 500 a month? Like if you can stomach that and that doesn't bother you, mm-hmm. then yeah, sure. Because you might like, let's face it at any point in time, market could crash. You might be hanging onto that property for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, so then you gotta, you gotta pivot on that. And yeah. You, you might want to host a mastermind at that property yeah. and, and invite Andrew Hines over and, and make some extra yeah. cash flow that month while you're buying time. Like don't always think outside the box a little bit. Yeah. One of the things we're doing too, we're renting the mansion uh, four doors down from my house here, but we're also renting another property that we're furnishing a four bedroom mansion and we're putting it on Airbnb. So we're paying the, the landlord and everybody likes to ask me this. Yes. With permission of the landlord, and we're re-renting the property on Airbnb. And there's a lot of new builds here in London, Ontario that uh, for, not uh, out-of-city investors bought, and they're sitting there vacant. And they put it on the MLS for rent. But mm-hmm. the, the MLS, and you were texting me about the penthouse I have for sale, like what's the rent, um, yeah. could, you know, just yesterday. But landlords, we put it on the market for rent that Canadians can afford based off of jobs, I guess. They're not really thinking of people that can, who can hack the systems a bit through, like YouTubers can afford these things all day long, but nobody's putting the rent up to six grand because they think boyfriend, girlfriend can't pay six grand. Right. So we're paying a modest little rent on a mansion because that's what the landlord thinks that the top he can get. Um, but meanwhile, it's it's interesting with, like if you think of like Los Angeles and all these places, those people are renting for say 20 grand a month rent. And we're, we're crying over a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks here. And, but for 20 grand a month, they're also making $80,000 us off YouTube every month. So now it doesn't seem as bad. They put their buddies in there and then each buddy pays five grand and all of a sudden they're in a mansion and they're paying five grand each. Now it seems a little bit more interesting than how we're always like, Oh, well I need a good job to pay for this. $20,000 $20,000 uh, rent, just kind of like thinking outside the box strategies there on everything's obtainable guys. You just kind of like got to think about how you're going to do it. Like if you yeah. see a cool property, five grand a month. Okay. Well, how am I going to do this? Maybe I need to host meetups there and, and teach people about real estate investing and shoot YouTube videos and create passive income and, and all that kind of stuff from the yeah. property. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is with this one, you, you guys kind of built some hype around it and I've heard, yeah. I've heard mansion. I was wondering like, what the heck's the mansion? Um, and that's, that's really cool. Cause so your outside the box strategy mm-hmm. is sort of in your box, I guess now at this point, yeah. which is, is hosting meetups, like doing stuff like that. So you're yeah. renting, what you said, 2,900 a month. So the, the oh, one that Matt's in is something like that, 2850 maybe. And then the other re-rental Airbnb is only 2350. Uh, a month plus hydro and etc a few other things hydro is um, electric and water i would yeah. say this for the americans hydro is electric <laughs> yeah. and water on one oh, there you go yeah, yeah. Um, fair enough <laughs> okay so so what do you figure so that the one what did you say the higher the more expensive one was how much um 29 it's pretty much 3500 by by the end of the month 2900 rent plus yeah expendables and and in your is that just basically uh an expense on your your business operation corporation yeah Yeah. corporations renting it and but it's an an incubator to create youtube content and create host masterminds host free meetups host paid meetups host 
So you're making money off of it too directly. Good guest, they can stay when when they when they're there. Uh, we're make we're making money, and it's not making a fortune. You might make a couple grand over the bills here and there, but it just kind of survives yeah. every month, so that we can continue to give the free value content out to people. Um, okay, so it breaks even, but it also yeah. allows you to build your brand. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have a plan for the other one that you're doing? I think you said that one's supposed to make some capital for the business. There's some people doing that similar stuff in London and they can make four or five grand over top of their bills with the Airbnb. It's a little bit of hustle, but we have a staff member that's going to be doing that for Matt and I, and we just kind of um, manage him a little bit. And so just running it as a normal Airbnb. Yep. So like, it'd be perfect for weddings Families coming in, they get four beds. They have eight people in the place. Mm-hmm. They go to the wedding. They pay price per head on top of the nightly fee, and it should be good money every weekend, and wow. hopefully some weekdays as well. I'll have to have you have you back on to to share yeah. how it goes. If we're broke, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll either see you or we won't. Uh, we'll, we'll, we would pivot on that if that's losing yeah. money. We'll we'll host extra masterminds and host people yeah. there that they don't have to go rent hotels when they drive in from Kingston and Toronto and all that stuff. So oh, it's cool. really cool, man. Um, yeah. And I, so like, obviously we've, we've kind of gone a very different direction on this podcast mm-hmm. than I've gone on other ones, but I thought it'd be really cool to just talk about branding and, and, yeah. and, you know, get into what you're up to because I think people can learn a lot from you and how you've built your brand as a realtor and as an investor. And uh, I'm hoping that our listeners can, uh, can certainly apply this in, in their own business as an investor or whatever there is they're, they're doing. Was there anything else that you would want to share? Cause we're kind of uh, coming just, up on the hour. Mark. Yeah. Let's, let's just one quick shameless plug. Hopefully maybe you get this out before end of April. I will have this out and I was going to ask you to give a plug anyway, yeah. uh, but I will have this out uh, probably mid next week. So okay, yeah, it perfect. won't take long. So then guys quickly get your OREC 20, uh, 2019 tickets. So 27, 28 April, London, Ontario at the convention center. It's a two day Mm -hmm. raw, real real estate investor conference that we have going on, which is kind of just, just inviting your best friends, best real estate investor friends to a conference and hanging out with them for two full days. And we have great speakers coming in, great sponsors that are very hand selected. And you last year's People are still talking about it. So if you if you came out last year, I know you'll be at this year's. And if you haven't, just follow the social media. We'll be branding OREC all this month for you guys to come. And yeah, network is, is your uh, net worth. So get out there and, and yeah. uh, we're going to see you there, Andrew. I would love to come. I was just going to say, why do you guys keep scheduling these things when I can't come? <laughs> I have my bachelor party that oh. weekend. Yeah, I'm going to Las Vegas. So, so why wouldn't uh, all your bachelor buddies? Maybe they're they need to level up your friends. Why don't they yeah. want to come do their bachelor party at OREC? You know, yeah, that would be great. You should move OREC to Vegas this year. You've been to Vegas. You did a mastermind. Yeah, there. we didn't we didn't comment on that. But Matt and I also I, I, we did a mastermind, a full mastermind in Las Vegas. We bought out a 63 roomed hotel in the fall of 2018 and invited. 63 something entrepreneurs to get together and brainstorm and we had content and um, just for everybody and people had the time of their life again because we go to so many Hamilton meetups in London Ontario and even OREC in general but you got to go home after that and you got to then tenants calling and then you got to go get groceries and you got to go do this Vegas kind of took people out of their element and we weren't on the strip it was just kind of Mm -hmm. in this uh, boutique hotel just off the strip and it cut away a lot of the the Canadian kind of problems and BS that can show up. And you could just focus on networking with high net worth individuals and then all our uh, keynotes people. Because we brought in 17-year-olds that are making $100,000 US a month and 18-year-olds making $80,000 a month off Shopify and YouTube. So it wasn't just real estate investing mastermind. But what to my conservative audience, that shocked the audience. Like, Oh, I thought I was doing good cash flowing 500 bucks on my uh, triplex. Meanwhile, there's this 18 year old making 80 K us off YouTube. So don't think you can't learn from these guys either. So it's interesting. Oh yeah. There's always something to learn. And and I will say the number one thing that helped me grow as an investor was meeting people, specifically people doing things that I wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. they were better at things than me. 
And there are always going to be people that you might be better than them at a few things, but they're better than you at other things. And when you come together, man, you get, you get way more than the combination of the two of you. You can, you can come up with some really great things. So, Mm -hmm. um, well said. And I, I find just what you're doing really, really interesting, Jeff. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me want to reach you what is the best way well it would be instagram instagram <laughs> absolutely i'll What's be on there handle? backslash jeff weibo so you will put it in your description hopefully um you need a slash in, it's not just well, at, I don't jeff know, weibo? <laughs> at jeff weibo sure instagram.com backslash jeff weibo would be like how oh, you get okay. there or you just search jeff weibo oh okay, not, okay. yeah there's there's a jeff weibo's hair it's not that one Okay. Uh, Although, you know, your hair looks great. So people might be mistaken. So you just um, find Jeff Wilo, DM me on there. And then the bonus guys, if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel, that'd be amazing. I'm trying to do a lot of content. Uh, we have videographers that we have that help me out with editing, putting out content for you guys weekly. So if you could subscribe on there, bonus. If not, I'll see you on Instagram. Sounds good. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh, okay. For anyone who wants to get a hold of me, it's at, just at the Andrew Hines on Instagram is probably the best way. Um, Thanks, Jeff. We'll see you on the next one. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.